Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 13 is where we find ourselves with breaking news this morning. In verse 7, it says, And he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this tree, and found, and I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Now, we know that fig tree, when it's, it will start producing its first little figs in about three years. But it probably, he probably wasn't impatient. He probably waited the three years, looked for those first little figs, and then for the next two years, looked again, and still nothing. And he's like, cut this thing down. This is a, a dud, you know. You ever had a dud? You know, we usually on, on fireworks, right? You pay, pay $7,000 for that little fireworking light, and it's like, tss. what? I paid 10 bucks for that, you know. It's horrible. This last 4th of July, I'm just cold, totally going off script right here, but this was kind of funny. We kept lighting these things, and the, the wicks didn't seem right. It was just like these little balls, and the, they just kind of burn, you know, like a candle almost, and... Then nothing. And we're like, what is going on? Turns out they were pull strings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to know how to do it. <laughs> Verse 8, but he answered and said to, the, to him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. See how this tree there, it's, it's three to six years old. And apparently it's not going to bear any figs. So he says, give it some time. Let's fertilize. Let's dig around it. Let's, maybe it's packed soil underneath and, the, and the, the vines aren't getting good nutrients or the water's not allowing, it's like clay or something. The water's not really getting into the root system. And so let's dig around it, put some fertilizer in there, something that the, the water can get in and soak around, but also something that can give it some extra nutrients. Let's try to breathe some life into it before you give up on it. And God, God gives space. For that, doesn't he? He doesn't give up on you so easily. He gives you space to repent. We've talked about this a couple of times as we've looked at chapter 12. Some people think, you know, if, if I do something bad, God's just going to zap me. Like Ananias and Sapphira is just, you know. But no, God is, is, most of the time, he's patient. Sometimes he might use you as an example, I don't know. But most of the time, he's very patient. And I think sometimes people get the idea that God didn't zap me for that. And he didn't zap me for the next thing. And so maybe God doesn't care. Maybe God's okay with it. Maybe God's okay with me doing that activity or that, that thing or, or whatever. You know, and I've, I've run into couples that, that have kind of felt this way. You know, I said, hey, you know, what, what's your living situation? Oh, we live together. But God understands you know, he knows we love each other, and we're going to get married. Oh, how many times have I heard those words, we're going to get married, we're sleeping together, we're going to get married, and how did that end up? I'd say probably eight out of ten times it ended up no. And what ruined the relationship? Well, that. That's what ruined the relationship. 
And, and those who do get married after that, they tend to have a difficult time in that part of their relationship because they, they made it wrong at the beginning. And so there's always this feeling of this isn't right. And, and that's not good. We don't want that. Of course, God can heal those things, but why, why, why live like that? Keep a short accounts with God. Say, God, I want to live like you want me to live. I don't want to be looking at things I shouldn't be looking at. I don't want to be doing things I shouldn't be doing. I don't want to be practicing a lifestyle that doesn't represent who you are because time is short. And, and if we don't repent, what's going to happen? We don't want to be in that position. So God gives us space to repent. You know, someday Jesus is going to come back. Well, people are like, oh, I don't know that Jesus is going to come back. You know, they've been saying that for 2,000 years. Yeah, they have. And time is getting shorter, and time is getting shorter, and we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't live fast and loose with the life that God has given us. This is what Peter says. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, he says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, as in a thousand years is, is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is that true that God wants every single person to come to repentance? That's his heart's desire. Is that the reality? Well, no, it's not the reality, but he desires that deep within his heart that everybody would come to repentance. But at the end of the day, he's going to allow you to live however you want to live. He gives you sovereignty to live your life within his sovereignty to make choices. And just because he hasn't put, bring judgment upon you or, or taking you out does not mean that he doesn't care about the way you're living. He certainly does. And we don't want to be those who don't repent and who perish. I, I think of this parable in light of what Jesus said in John chapter 5, this parable of the vine, he comes to his vine, there's nothing there. This is what Jesus says to those Jews, many of those Jews who he's probably talking to here. In John chapter 5, verse 36 through 39, he says, But I have a greater witness that, than John, speaking of John the Baptist, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me testifies of me, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom, because whom he has sent, him you did not believe. They don't have the seed. They don't have the heart because they would not receive Jesus. And then he says in verse 39, you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And then I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes, but the next thing he said, he says, but you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. These guys were, they were unfruitful. They were questioning Jesus. They were trying to trap him. They were trying to do anything to prove that Jesus wasn't the Messiah, but he was. He was the vine dresser. He was there to help them to understand, to, to dig deep, to fertilize, to show them that, that he was the Messiah. And they would not receive him. They would not come to him that they might have life. And so notice this, this servant who apparently is, is Jesus in the parable. Verse 9 says to the, the, the vine owner, he says, If it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that you can cut it down. And what a sad, sad story. If it bears fruit. 
Let me dig around it. Let me, let me, let me fertilize it. And, and Jesus certainly did that. The church was born and so many signs and wonders and proofs and, and prophecies being fulfilled were there to prove that Jesus, who he, he, he was, who he said he was, that the apostles working signs and wonders should have been more than evidence to them and the scripture being fulfilled. And yet Israel was left as a stump. And that's the plain truth. Israel became a stump. In fact, the Lord told them that's exactly what would happen. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, it says, The Lord has removed men far away, and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, but yet a tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming as the terebinth tree or the oak whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be in the stump. Wow, so what he's saying is, I don't know if you've ever done that. You cut down a tree in your yard. I have a, actually a, a catalpa tree. I cut, cut part of it down because it was growing against my fence and there's still one shoot, but it's, I cut half of it down. And that'd be great if you just cut a tree and that was it. What happens if you just cut a tree off and it's still living? It shoots out, right? It's like, ah, I killed that thing one time, you know? But that's what God allows. You know, he leaves the stump, he cuts down the tree, but then a new shoot comes up. And maybe that shoot will grow into a tree and maybe that tree will bear fruit. He leaves the stump, but he says he leaves the seed. The holy seed shall be in its stump. He always leaves a remnant. Those who have the holy seed, that they believe in Jesus, they're, they're still in them. In Romans chapter 9, he, he talks about this, about Israel specifically, and he says this in verse 29, and as Isaiah said before, Unless the Lord of Sabbath had left a seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been like Gomorrah. Wow. What does that mean? Well, here's the interesting thing. God allowed Israel to be driven from their land, but now there's a nation of Israel again. And they, they dwell in the land. And yet, what, what's the state of the nation of Israel? Are they a Christian nation? Not even close. Are they a Jewish nation? Barely. Are they an atheist, pagan nation? Yay! That's who they are. Did you know that, that, that Tel Aviv was considered the most LGBTQ-affirming community in the entire world? That's how, how crazy it was. And this is what God says, If I would have not left a seed, then they would have become like Sodom and even like Gomorrah. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmet.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.